Welcome back to the Norton Steel Podcast. This is episode 31. Oh my lord, 31 episodes, Chris. And we're back after a Steelers victory for once. Woo, yeah, let's go. It's been a long time, about a month, since we've seen the Steelers win. And uh, they pulled it off. It wasn't the prettiest, but hey, what Steeler won in the past three years has been pretty. I ask you, the audience, and Chris, show me none. Wow, well, none for 500. Good job. So they pulled it off. They won. Very exciting. Very great. Chris, what's some quick thoughts you had about that game? Uh, well, apparently, from what I'm hearing, Kenny Pickett was awarded his first win, even though he did not finish the game. Just uh, like so good for pitchers. him. Ah, uh, yes. Well, good for him because obviously we get that out of the way. He defeated the GOAT, Tom Brady, who looked very upset with his offensive line and teammates. And uh, overall, I got to say, I was very impressed. Uh, not so much with the offensive play calling. I was impressed with our uh, defense being able to hold up and stop the Bucks. I was inv- uh, impressed with our secondary specifically in that because we had absolutely nobody of name that anyone knew to go and shut down these wide receivers. Uh, big shout out to Devin Bush, Terrell uh, Edmonds. They played a heck of a game. Uh, and then also shout out to uh, Mitchie Trubisky for coming in and uh, being a veteran and uh, finishing that game out and helping us secure that dub. So you're kind of going through everything very quickly. So let's pull it back a little a bit. Uh, one thing, if you're listening and you've been actually keeping up with every episode, you might be thinking, hey, where's my silly highlights that the Peskowski brothers do? Um, our schedule's been pretty messed up this week. We're recording this on a Friday. Um, this will probably be out on Saturday, the day before the game, which is very late for us. So we're just going to make this a short podcast and we're not going to do the highlights. We're just going to talk about the game a little bit. So like Chris said, uh, the Walmart employees of the secondary playing for the Steelers, um, uh, not so much as their skill. I mean, they, they did a great job, but I think finally we had some good coaching on the defensive side of the ball, which is great. Uh, allowing players like James Pierre and Josh Jackson and, uh, oh boy, um, I know there's another one in there. That's, well, Trey Norwood, um, players of Miles Killebrew, players of these caliber that aren't the best to rise up and kind of, you know, not completely shut down Brady, but do enough to minimize damage and minimize points. I mean, Mike Evans only had four catches, no touchdowns. Mm Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Pretty good. Obviously, of course, their big gains are over the middle, like they always are, especially on the linebackers. So look out for this week and tomorrow when Waddle and Hill are lined up on Robert Spillane. That's going to be really fun to watch. But <laughs> for now, it's the victory. Um, they did a great job. And like I said, the defensive scheme that Chris, Chris had mentioned, Devin Bush. Devin Bush definitely had his best game since probably 2019. Um, he was solid. He made a great stop for that two pointer, which definitely is, uh, I mean, technically kind of like a game winner, a game winning play right there since we won by two. Um, uh, he was decisive. He made some good tackles and surprisingly, I could, you could have bet me 
$1,000. And I would have taken this bet 10 times out of 10, Chris, that Devin Bush would not have been the better Devin on the field that day. But he was. He's better than Devin mm-hmm. White. Um, Della Gray, like you said, Brady uh, looked bad. Looks his age. <laughs> Does not look happy. Finally. Finally. He uh, spent a lot of the time on the sidelines yelling at his offensive line and his players to, I don't know, be better, which is pretty ironic coming from a dude who missed three days of practice to go to Robert Kraft's wedding and then flew by himself to Pittsburgh on a private jet. But hey, what do I know? I mean, he's the GOAT. He can do whatever he wants, right? Maybe not. Hmm. No. Uh, and, uh, yeah, let's, let's uh, finish it up. Let's, let's talk about Mitch, but then I want to talk a little, little bit more about the game, about, like, some exciting things about it, and but also sure. realistically looking forward. Uh, yes, we have been very hard on Mitch um, the first four weeks that he started. His reads were really bad. He, he seemed like he wasn't being aggressive enough or throwing to guys with anticipation, but he did all of that on, uh, when he came in for relief for Kenny. He played well enough to get the dub. He converted some great third downs along with some great catches by Claypool. What's up? Mm-hmm. Nice to see you this year. <laughs> nice to see you, Claypool. Uh, and, and we just got to get to Mitch, making the good plays when it mattered most and secured the dub for us. Yeah, no, Mitch Mitch came in and he played really well. Obviously, it, the, the crowd became silent as soon as they saw Pickett go down. Uh, and you know, they were like, oh, great. Now we're here comes Mitchell Trubisky. We're going to see exactly what we saw this whole year and any hope for us, you know, that lead is just going to dwindle and eventually Buccaneers are going to, you know, take over the game. That did not happen again. Shout out to our defense for doing such a great job, but Mitch actually came in and he played really, really well. I would say, you know, his, his ball placement, his decision-making, everything looked kind of how we hoped it would prior to the season. And, you know, what I thought was different is Mitch played so much better because he had nothing to lose, right? In a, in a position in which he was not, his job is not up for grabs or whatever, he actually played way better, which, you know, is something that, you know, I really appreciated. But in, in my eyes, it makes him a better backup QB, well, let's let's talk about this because yes, he did play a lot better, and I think part of it, like you said, is because he didn't uh, he had nothing to lose. Maybe he felt um, more aggressive that way. I think that pretty much rounded out to at the beginning of the year, we're like, what's the problem? What's going to give? What's what's the change? Is the quarterback or is it Matt Canada? Where is the issue coming in? I think this last game really painted it pretty clear that Matt Canada which, no surprise to people listening, is garbage, dude. He's not good at play call. I mean, even with Mitch coming in and winning the ball, now I know a lot of people are really excited for Mitch. I'm excited for Mitch. I'm glad he got the win. I'm not going to try and take away anything from Mitch's performance, but the plays that Mitch Mitch were dealt weren't good either. So people want to say, like, Mm -hmm. oh, Kenny didn't play that good of a game uh, before Mitch came in. He, his play calls are terrible and so are Mitch's. If it wasn't for uh, a great third down catch by Claypool, which is more, I, yes, Mitch put it in the right spot, but Claypool had the great catch and body control where we've seen him drop that ball many times before. If it wasn't for sustaining that catch, 
they would have had to punt it and Tom Brady had all the momentum probably would have came down and scored a field goal to win the game uh, now that's not to say but there's also other plays in that too there's uh, when we're trying to run out the clock there was a run play Najee had like his best run of the day not longest but best of like eight yards pushing the pile falling forward and it's second and two and then we're hiking it from the shotgun and it's a fumble snap and you might say, well, that's the center's fault. It is the center's fault. That's Mason Cole's fault in a high-pressure situation. But why, when we're turning around the clock on second and two, are we hiking it from the shotgun? Brings us into a third 16. We get lucky enough to convert that, that third down by a uh, pass to Claypool over the middle. Later on, we get a big, uh, a decent run, maybe six yards, seven yards, second short again. Then we're doing a jet sweep to... Legend of the day, Steven Sims, who shot to him. He had a great day uh, returning the ball. But we, we tried to adjust it to him, and we lose like five yards there. And it's like, what? These play calls are atrocious. And now you're mm-hmm. so in back-to-back situations. You put your quarterback in a third and long, and he had to make magic happen. But like, you can't expect him or Kenny to make magic happen on third and longs like that. You're setting him up for failure. Yeah. It's I'll, I'll, uh, Go ahead, Chris. I was going to say is our play calling was seemed very scriptive uh, and very, you know, repetitive. Uh, it was the same thing over and over again. We get to the run, run pass scenario, or we just want to make the right play calls in the right settings, like you were saying. And again, I agree with you, especially with those jet sweeps. Uh, bro, I get pulling those out every once in a while. Matt Canada has got to leave that stuff in college because it's not always going to work, especially with how often we run the jet sweep. It's annoying. And touching back on that Kenny Pickett, you know, how people are saying uh, he really didn't play that well of a game. To me, he really didn't play that poorly of a game when it came to his own playing because you... Every, of course, everyone looks at, you know, the whole thing, which they should. You should judge a person by the whole game. But at the same time, like that first drive that we went down and we scored, he did fantastic. All the reads he was making, the way we were driving, we went down, we got a first drive touchdown, which was the first since what? I think it was like week 14 of last year or something like that. It, it was, was kind of crazy. against the Lions. Week 10. Yeah. And so, I mean... Kenny Kenny looked great and then yeah after that the play calling became atrocious even after Steven Sims went and returned that kickoff like 82 yards or something or whatever it was and we got into yeah, like, like the, the red zone line. you expect to get a touchdown there but what did we do our play calling was absolutely horrendous we go three and out and we kick it immediately that's so demoralizing and it just really breaks down this offense to be like god what Matt, think of something better than this. I don't know. Now, what I will say is he, his play calls when Stevenson's returns to 12 were not great, right? But there's no. other issues there too. Pickens didn't run the right routes on the third down. He should have went more to the corner. Pickett, Kenny did not see Zach Gentry on a couple occasions in the end zone. Uh, yeah. That would have been easier touchdowns. Which is which mm-hmm. I we have to as fair game have to talk about we we got on Mitch's case for the reads so we got to tell yep. Kenny like you got to be able to scan the field when your reads not there again we've said this before would much rather watch Kenny try and struggle with that because he's a rookie than I'd rather wa- than watching Mitch struggle with find out finding reads but um, he he you know he missed some reads here and there that I was kind of wondering a lot of his passes were short to the outside it's not like Kenny to be doing that. 
he does like to mm-hmm. attack the middle of the field. Obviously, we didn't have Friar Moose, so maybe he's a little worried. But um, uh, showing the all twenty-two, he did miss some reads here and there. He missed Claypool over the middle for a bigger play. Maybe the manager didn't take the shot. Um, he did seem a little off his game, even though he was still calm and collected. He converted some third downs and got this on drive. He still was missing a lot out there. So, yeah, sure, maybe it wasn't the best game, but again, he's a rookie. As far as improvement for the next game, I think we, you and I talked about this. He improved from the Bills game to the Bucks game in one specific area, and that area was running out of the pocket and throwing the ball away. I, I, obviously, that game against the Bills was got out of hand very quickly, but against the Buccaneers, there was multiple times where he ran out of the pocket and he was looking downfield, and there's nowhere to go. And, and in the Bills game, he took a sack, or he ran out of bounds, and that's when he threw the ball away. That's good. Mm-hmm. Let's find another down. That's what you got to do. Uh, the issue now, besides the reads, because you know it's going to take some time, and um, maybe he's just having an off day. Not to say that he's perfect, <laughs> you know, but uh, I would say the thing to look for him to improve on the probably the biggest thing that was his downfall starting was doing audibles. Uh, specifically with shifting the line for blocking schemes. Uh, he did that multiple times. He did it way too late, whether he saw it way too late or just was mismanaging the, the play clock. But he tried to call an audible with the play as the clock is hitting zero. Oh, I should have gotten a delayed game on one of them, but didn't, and it actually would have been better. And it caused confusion on the line. It caused a couple sacks that he got injured on. Um, or not, I don't know if I got the sack he got injured on, but he it did cost him sacks of him doing that. So I guess what I'm looking forward from him in this next game immediately is to be a little bit quicker on calling those audibles and calling that line production to move around because that was definitely like a big part of his game that he can change and fix uh, quickly. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Uh, he's going to continue to take steps forward, I believe. Uh, I think he might get a little bit of a break moving into this week compared to the last two defenses that he's seen because Miami's not as much of a powerhouse compared to the Bucks or the Bills. Uh, At least so on the front I, seven. <clears throat> correct. So I expect I expect a better game. I really hope, offense as a whole, we can get a nice 50-50 play calling, get some good runs in there. And then also, you know, play switch it up and get some some nice passing going. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I agree. And then uh, one last point, too, because I think we got, you know, it's so hard to <laughs> keep what we're talking about straight here. Um, but we had talked about, good Lord, I'm messing with this whole thing up. We talked about Trubisky coming in and he did a good job, but his play calls were also bad. But um, what I was going to say is that if you... I mean, people just want to say that he did so good. He got all these big yards. He also had the biggest passing play. But that big passing play to Connor Hayward came off of a smart play by Trubisky, but it came off a guy running off the field way too late for the Buccaneers and the mm. linebacker in the middle trying to call timeout and not getting it. And it left him standing there while Connor Hayward blew by him and they got a big, big gain on that play. So that's some of his big yardage. And then obviously the three third down conversions, um, one Claypool making a great catch, one Pickens making a great catch using his body, and then one Claypool, uh, one was all Mitch finding Claypool in that third and 16 in the right spot. Um, so was, uh, you know, I think maybe for Mitch, he definitely made the plays that counted, but it also, like, <sighs> he didn't do anything that was, like, way better than Kenny in that moment. 
kind of just mm. got the plays that worked and, and made it work. His touchdown was probably the best throw I saw him do because he anticipated it. That's probably the best throw I've seen him throw all year was his touchdown throw. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but uh, but thank you. Uh, you know, Thank you, Mitch. It was good to get the dub. And now... Moving forward with, you know, things that we saw that we liked, we we liked the defensive coaching, like the aggressiveness, and we're hoping that continues while we get these starters back. Like, we were able to play pretty shut down with people like Josh Jackson and, um, gosh, the other one. <laughs> Who's the other guy? Uh, James Pierre. And you would hope that getting Akello and Levi back and Minka would make that a lot stronger. So hopefully that continues. Also, Terrell Edmonds had a great game. Shout out to him last week. And he's mm-hmm. having a good year. Um, the bad thing moving forward is I know we want to be excited. I know that we, we finally threw a touchdown to receiver. We actually scored two touchdowns that game offensively. We scored 20 points offensively. That's great. Um, I think the problem still is going to be our offensive coordinator. I know we want to be excited after this win. I don't mean to be a pessimist and bring you guys back down to earth. But the offensive play calling is so bad. It's so horrendously bad. And it's a little too confusing. Uh, our receivers are running into each other. The spacing isn't great. And I don't see that changing. So it's hard for me to get super excited about this offense clicking or playing better because the play calling is so bad. No matter who's in the game, Mitch or Kenny, mm-hmm. play calling is terrible. Yep. Totally agree. So moving on, Chris, let's preview this, uh, the Sunday night game against the Dolphins. Kenny Pickett is going to play, cleared his concussion protocol to uh, much of the complaints from Dolphins fans who have no room to complain, so they can buzz right off. Um, Kenny is going to start. <laughs> That's the way it is. You know, and I thought that was very interesting. Uh, I don't know Tomlin really assured people he's like, you know, the second he's cleared, he will be playing. He will be getting that starting time. And he 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 laid the hammer down and he said, guess what? I know Mitch was brought in, but Kenny's our guy. Kenny's the guy we're going to roll with. So let's shut this down right now. Uh, and he came back. I was very surprised uh, that Kenny is actually playing this week. I, you know, thinking about concussion protocol, I thought at least for sure this week he would be out. Um, but then again, looking at... The play itself, I'm, I'm almost curious if it was more of like an adrenaline thing as to why he was experiencing some of these symptoms. Uh, and, and maybe they settled down immediately after the game. Who knows? You know, I'm not there, but uh, he had a press conference today. Everyone asking him, what about this? What about that? About the concussions? And he's like, tell you what, they fly in doctors from all around, the best of the best. And, and I trust their word. And they said I was good. And I went through protocol. So here I am. And I'm starting come Sunday night. So be ready. Uh, Matter of fact, matter of fact, if you have ever listened to Big Ben Roethlisberger's podcast, he had also mentioned that uh, he holds the doctors in Pittsburgh, and especially the concussion doctors, in very high regards as one of the best in the world. Um, so, gonna trust him for right now until they give me a reason to not trust him. Uh, the mm-hmm. Dolphins. This matchup is, excuse me, the fiftieth anniversary of the perfect season from nineteen seventy-two from the Miami Dolphins. Uh, so they're going to have a lot of hype behind them. They're going to do Tua. Tua is back somehow, some way after the vicious concussions he's had. Speaking of concussions, um, how's he going to play? Is he going to be rusty? Is he going to be scared? What's going to happen there? 
Here's the deal. If we want to preview this game, Chris, and I don't know if you have keys to the game already. If we just want to like talk, do you have any keys to the game? I have a couple. Okay, so uh, before you get to that, let's let's just say their offense is what it is. It's good. Um, yeah, especially if Tua is playing well. The receiver, their their skill weapons are dangerous. They're good. The defense, like Chris had mentioned earlier, finally a little bit of a break on the front seven. They're their secondary is good. You know, they got uh, Xavier Howard uh, and Javon Holland are like the big names. Now they had, they did lose Byron Jones or he, he didn't lose him, but he is out. So that helps. And I don't really know how good Brandon Jones is in safety. Uh, their linebackers are pretty decent with Jalen Phillips, Jerome Baker. And uh, outside, of course, they got Melvin Ingram, Steeler legend. And we'll be up against him, <laughs> trying to block him out. Uh, Emmanuel Agba is pretty decent on the line, but nothing too crazy. As well as Christian Wilkins and Raekwon Davis. So it's not like an insane front seven, you know, but at the same time, you never know what could happen. It's the NFL. We didn't think the Jets defense was really that good. We went to go play them. We actually should have beat them. But the Jets defense has been playing really well since they beat us. And they've been pretty good, too. So, you know, it is what it is. But why don't you take it away, Chris, with some of your keys to the game? All right. Keys to the game. There it is. I just need like the EA Sports announcer to say my keys to the game part. That'd be so nice. Yeah, I'll add some. I'll add some reverb to it. I appreciate that. Um, so first <laughs> off, uh, first key of the game is I think our uh, middle linebackers got to be playing out of their minds this game. Uh, yeah, good luck. You know, I I think with both Waddle and Hill on the outsides. It only makes sense to have at least one of those guys, if not both of them, double covered at all times, or else they're going to make our guys look absolutely silly, which means the middle of the field is going to be wide open. We need Bush or Jack to go up and make the necessary plays and cover those receivers or tight ends to allow no movement down the field. I'm not a Tua believer. I've really never been a Tua believer. I know a lot of people are really high on him. I, I feel like I haven't seen what other people see to put him in such high regards, but I'm not really too scared of him. Uh, but as always, uh, we got to keep a pressure going. I felt like last week was a lot bigger of a week for our defense and able to go and get pressure. And we did that with really not a lot of blitzes coming in. I think the most we rushed was four at a time. So um, that was huge. Uh, obviously, we have our own, the man, the myth, the legend with uh, Alex Highsmith leading the league in sacks for the season with six and a half. Uh, as long as he can become a presence, hopefully that'll help Cam Hayward on the line get in there. And then uh, we can just kind of get to Tua and, you know, make him uh, have some second thoughts on what plays he's going to do and where he's going to move that ball around. Uh, and then finally, my last uh, key of the game is, you know, I said it earlier, we got to change up the play calling. We got to get moving. We can't be as predictable to run, run, pass. Uh, I know I feel like I'm, uh, you know, shooting a dead horse, but at the same time, beating, we really just... Beating a dead horse. <laughs> no, no, in, in our situation, I know what I said. In, in this situation, okay. we're okay. shooting okay. a dead horse because we are so predictable and bad and it happens all the time. This horse is dead, Dom. All right? Yeah, so, it is, it is. Um, but in all seriousness, we really got to switch it up. We can't be running out of the shotgun when we are running and we can't do the predictable run, run pass, switch up your play calling, get Derek Watt involved. I feel, I feel like when we had that extra blocking, even having Gentry on the outside, uh, that was some of Najee's best runs. 
uh, and then obviously interchange between them and uh, uh, Warren. They are each present their own special skills. So uh, get the ball moving. I don't care how we get to 100 yards rushing. Let's just get to 100 yards rushing. Yeah, let me let me comment on your piece of the game real quick from like not really a negative standpoint, but just kind of things to think about uh, with the linebackers. Like you said, playing on their mind. I know you said Waddle and Hill on the outside. I don't think they're going to predominantly stay there. That's the issue we're going to run into. I think they Fair. are smart enough to move Tyreek and Waddle to the inside on some plays and have them lined up against some linebackers or a safety or whatever, and they'll get theirs. I mean, Tyreek Hill's leading the league in receiving yards uh, by 100 yards over whatever week it is right now. So he has like 800, 700, 800 receiving yards right now, um, which is nuts. They're going to get their catches. I guess if you want to say you need to be able to stop Mike Jacecki or uh, Trent Sherfield, <laughs> then yes, you need to be able to stop those guys in the middle if those two are going to be playing on the outside. But they're going to get sure. theirs. Um, as far as the supply and pressure goes, again, we want well, we want TJ Watt to be as healthy as he can be, and I know he's not even ready to play this game yet, but this would be a really good game for TJ Watt because I love Alex Highsmith. Uh, we believe in him. He is the sack leader, but he has a tough task this week because their best lineman, I think, I don't know the Dolphins that well, so if anyone would like to correct me, please do, is Taron Armstead, who is their left tackle. That's who Highsmith will be up against the entire game. Uh, it's going to be a battle, but that might leave Highsmith battling that whole time, maybe not causing enough pressure, which this brings in another great player from last week, Larry Ogunjobi, to have a stronger presence because even the guard on that side, I've heard that name before, Liam Eichenberg is pretty good. That's who Cam Hayward's going to be up against. So that leaves the right side of the line to really pick up the slack, which is going to be Malik Reed, unfortunately. And uh, Larry Ogunjobi, unfortunately, also said DeMarvin Leal is on IR. So he's going to be out for four weeks anyways. We could really use him here on the right side of the line as well. But I don't think it's impossible to get pressure. They're just going to need to. I think it's just going to have to come from other guys helping to make that happen. Because like you can't just count on Alex and Cam in this particular game. So I actually do have one more. Uh, and it's more of a rant, rant yeah, and ahead. an annoyance. Uh, it's actually more of a message. Hey, hey, offense, please, when we get into the red zone and or the opponent's 30-yard line and beyond, can you not get a penalty? Please. I'm Correct. begging. <laughs> we do that way too often, and we ruin good drives, or, or we put us into a position of failure, and that happens more than I'd like to admit, and definitely at least once every single game. So please, just play clean. Don't don't hold. Don't do anything. We need as many chances in the red zone as we can get. So just let us let us fight our own battles. That's all. And Kevin Dotson, you did not deserve death threats, but if you're gonna <clears> hold the guy, hold him. <laughs> if you're gonna, That's hold, true. If you're gonna hold the guy, hold him. <laughs> um. Uh, moving on from the other one you said about, uh, you say, oh, but play calling run game. Yeah. I think, I think you really do need it. Um, if two is going to come back and he's, if he comes back as strong as he did those first three weeks, you do need to control the clock. We've mentioned this many times before. I know the run game hasn't been there. I know Naj is trying to get better. I thought 
I know he didn't have a lot of yards this week, but I did think he had some really solid runs. Um, yes, he did. I think he, uh, our run blocking is pretty bad. I think you need to have a solid run game against this group, control the clock, make sure they're not in the field as much as they can. The Dolphins can score very quick. They scored like 35 points in a quarter against the Ravens and beat them. They can score very fast on you. Um, if they're firing on all cylinders. So like Chris said, you got to somehow, some way be able to do that. And I think you can with the front seven being maybe not as strong as I would think it could be. So maybe you can do that. Otherwise, uh, stay away from Xavier Howard, stay away from Javon Holland and um, Fryermuth is back. I don't know how well these middle guys cover the middle of the field, but Fryermuth might eat in this game as well. Who knows? Let's hope. But those are going to be some big moments in uh, the Dolphins. It's going to be a big thing. And honestly, if, if you want to be optimistic about the Steelers season, I know every game is a must win. This game is a must win. If you want to be optimistic, yes. because if you want to assume that they lose to the Eagles, if but if they go three and five in the bye week and they get TJ Watt after that, you never know what's going to happen. I mean, it's not really an assumption. I, I think there's no chance that we beat the Eagles. But yes, this is the week to win. Uh, this is, I, I said, you know, out of the last four games between the Bills all the way to the Eagles, if we're going to win two of the four, it's going to be the Bucks and the Dolphins. And we already got one of those out of the way. So let's go and let's yep. play and let's beat the Dolphins. Uh, let's let's get one more win in before our bye week, and then honestly, I'm feeling a lot more optimistic about the back half of the season, especially seeing how some of these other teams have been playing. So, um, let's just let's, get let's to the top of this Calvin hill. Austin. Yeah, let's, I don't know what's going on let's there. Activate Kevin Austin for God's sake. Well, I don't either. I, but I, next week we'll update you because we have till the 26 to figure this out. And so that's um the well yeah. We got five days. Well, the, we have 26. Yeah. So the podcast will be out by that time. So we will update you next week. I was thinking, especially with maybe Steven Sims being out this week, maybe he'd finally get his call and even just start on like return game or whatever. But I guess they're giving that back to Gunner for whatever reason. So yeah. uh, Gunner, do well, please, or don't. Or don't, so that way Calvin can finally get in there. But but we need you, uh, Calvin, please. I want to see you yeah. play so badly. Okay, Chris, let's go through a rapid fire of uh, game picks for our pick and pool, where you can pick our punishment based on who is losing or who's the losing record by the end of this. I don't know what the record is. I'll tell you it up at some point. Um, but let's go through these quickly, Chris. Uh, obviously... <laughs> The yesterday's game already happened. We're recording this on a Friday, but I was already going to pick the Cardinals. I was too. I already picked the Cardinals. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Browns at Ravens. Ravens. Yep. Ravens. Bucks at Panthers. Bucks. Christian McCaffrey gone. Well, that's a Carolina fire sale completely. So yeah, I'm going Bucks. (laughs) Uh, Falcons at Bengals. The Falcons are being a surprisingly decent team this year, but I'm still going to go Bengals. I am too, because it looks like the Bengals are kind of catching on, but I would love a Falcons win. But I'm going to go Bengals as well. Me too. Lions at Cowboys. I don't know if I believe in the Lions anymore, and, but also I, is getting Dak Prescott 
a good thing? Uh, who knows? But yes. I, am, I am gonna go yes, with I am gonna go with Dak. <laughs> well, I'm. Sh- I t- listen. I told you I, I wasn't a Dak Cooper is- Rush believer last week, and then he threw three sacks. Uh, he threw three picks. So yeah, and he's gonna be better hey, than that. Andy Dalton threw three picks yesterday, and they almost came back. Yeah. And two of them were pick sixes. <laughs> I guess back to back drives. You are correct. Uh, Giants at Jags. Uh, I feel like I'm not picking against the Giants uh, for the longest time until proven otherwise. So I'm going to say the Giants. Yeah, I too. I'm a big blue believer now. Packers at Oh, Commanders. especially. Sorry, especially because is OBJ signing back with them? I don't know. That's not that's not that's not official news. All right. Find Odell, out next Odell time. Text, Odell messages everybody in the league and he's like, what's up, roommate? Or what's up, teammate? What's up, teammate? What's up? So he, he does that constantly to everybody. So I don't know. I don't know where he's going. Yeah, I know. I haven't gotten a text. Yeah. What's up with that? Odell? If that is your yeah, real name. Yeah, seriously. At OBJ.com. OBJ? Not a good look. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Next game. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Packers at Commanders. Uh, gosh, I don't know, dude. I'm losing faith in the Packers and uh, Tyler Heineke. No, Taylor, Taylor Heineke. Uh, sometimes has baller games. You know what? Yeah. Here's my upset. I'm gonna say Commanders. Screw it. I don't care. I'm picking. I'm picking. I'm picking Packers. If the Commanders were starting Sam Howell, I'd pick them. But they're not. Nope. Fake news. Colts at Titans. Uh, okay. Is it me, or have you not heard a single word about the Titans at all? Like, I forgot they were a franchise this season. Yeah, but I'm still picking them. But yeah, I agree. I mean, same. I'm also picking the Titans, but like, I haven't heard a word. Yeah, they're kind of quiet this year, um, which is fine. Their division kind of is pretty bad as well. Speaking of their division, really Raiders are. at Texans. I, Raiders, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm going to say, too, I guess. <sighs> and here, here's, a, here's a fun one. Broncos at Jets. It's not on primetime. You're welcome, America. I don't even know if they like it. I'm going to say Jets. Jets are playing yeah. well, and Broncos are uh, hot trash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so was my fantasy fo- football teams for having Russell Wilson in two of them. Uh, next, Chiefs at 49ers. Christian McCaffrey, 300 yards? No, I'm picking the Chiefs. I, <laughs> no, I am going to pick the Chiefs, too. But now I'm like, dang, the 49ers look like they have a pretty solid offense now. No, they don't. No, they don't. I Not mean, until I see I mean, them on it, the field. Realistically, if they had a better quarterback, then I'd be like, geez, but... If, they, they if got Chris McCaffrey becomes the player he's been two years ago, then yeah, they look good. Sure. But who's, who's to say that's going to happen? Yeah, uh, fair. Seahawks at Chargers. Seahawks at Chargers. Um... Chargers have been really disappointing to me this year. Uh, I am going to pick uh-huh. them, 
but I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if I saw an upset. Yeah, I agree. I'm a Geno. I am a Geno Smith believer, but I do love me some Justin Herbert. I'm gonna pick the Chargers as well. Uh, us at the Dolphins. I'm going on Steelers. I am too. Optimistically, please let it happen. And finally, an absolute barn burner, the league's best for Monday Night Football, Bears and Patriots. Wow. Is Bailey Zapp playing? Yes, yes, yes sir. <laughs> then then I got to go Pats. Pats by 30. Yeah, if Mac Jones is playing, I might go Bears. But if it's Bailey Zapp, I'm going Pats as well. That's fair. But yeah, Pats all the way. All right, that'll do it for this week's podcast. Thank you for joining in to this little short guy that we had coming out for you guys. You can follow us on Twitter, TikTok, uh, Instagram, YouTube, uh, uh, Vimeo, uh, Daily Video, um, CNN. Custominks.com. Customink. Patreon. I wish I had a Patreon. If you guys want to give us money, feel free. Um, My name is Dominic. This is Chris. Chris, do you have any last words? Uh... Oh, no, you're frozen. Uh, Go Steelers. It still came through. Go Steelers. Nice. All right, we'll see you guys next week. Peace.